Will you please be quiet? But the pleas from the usherette were having little effect on the handful of small children who were straddling the backs of the cinema seats and riding them as though they were horses. Behind them, Henry swayed from left to right in an attempt to see the screen. Above his head, a lone collie was leaping through the flames of a burning orphanage in search of a missing boy who was in bed in the attic. The film music rose to a crescendo, as did the volume of noise from the auditorium. Finally, the wonder dog managed the impossible, and the little boy was saved. This was greeted with a roar of approval from a thousand voices in the upper circle and stalls. As soon as the credits began to roll, there was the crashing of upturned seats, followed by a stampede up the aisles. The introductory drum roll of God Save the King stopped the ones who hadn't made it through the exit doors, and they froze to attention like everyone else. As Henry stood, towering above the noisy group in front of him, he thought yet again that he really was too old for the Saturday morning pictures. He had had no intention of going that morning, but when the official-looking envelope addressed to his stepfather had plopped through the door, he couldn't bear to stay in the house any longer. His mother had looked as if she was about to faint when she spotted it on the mat. He had been tempted to tear it open, so that she could find out how stuck-up and stupid his stepfather was there and then, but had stormed out of the house instead. Once the national anthem was over, he sat down again and gazed up at the screen tabs. Whenever the lights hit the auditorium after the Saturday morning show, he was always surprised by the shabbiness of the curtains. In the dark, when red, green and blue lights whirled in circles on them, their age disappeared, and it was like being in Hollywood. Suddenly he was aware of an usherette peering down at him from the aisle in her smart brown and gold uniform. Hoping to lie low till the main programme? she inquired. Come on, ducks. He moved his bare feet along the red carpet and recovered his damp plimsolls with his toes. It was so hot in the cinema that once the lights had dimmed he'd kicked them off, as did nearly everyone else, he judged, as the smell of hundreds of unwashed feet and hot, sweaty rubber had hit the darkened auditorium. He slipped them on and loped towards the exit doors, narrowly missing being sprayed with disinfectant by one of the cleaners. As he stepped into the palatial foyer, hordes of children were still running down the wide carpeted stairway and joining the flood of children pushing their way from the stalls. He stepped to one side and knelt down to tie his laces, sweating profusely, his shirt and baggy shorts clinging to him. It was as stifling in the expansive entrance as it had been in the auditorium. A few yards away, by the cinema club table, he observed a smartly dressed man taking down notices advertising the benefits of belonging to the club, cycling groups and handicraft lessons. He was the choir master. A girl with long black plaits was hovering beside him. "'And then there's the carol competition in December,' the man was saying over his shoulder. "'And I can belong to the choir?' she asked eagerly. "'As long as you're not toad deaf,' and he gave a laugh. She was very well-spoken, thought Henry. He had never heard anyone at Saturday morning pictures sounding so la-di-da.